I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? The hurricanes are coming. The hurricanes are coming. Now, which uh, which one is this? I, I don't know where we're this, at this now. Is, this is Lee, and uh, all of where I live was in a panic until about two days ago, and now it's supposed to be further east, so we're just getting the the corner of it it's not gonna be that bad yeah well stay safe i was telling ryan just before we recorded i literally spent the last hour in the dark trying to put stuff away in the yard in case the wind picks up tomorrow yeah hey it's it's good to be prepared and um i know where i'm at hurricane we do get like residual weather but we don't like get hit by uh by the main part of the weather but uh hey, I'll, you know. I'll 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 take this because you know what the, after this they say in 10 days the sun and in 75 i'm like that, that that's perfect i'll take it one yes. day of rain and then i get then i get sunny weather and sun call me good in mid-september that's really mm-hmm. good yeah i'll take that uh, well, you know what else we uh, we should uh, talk about before we get into the main part of the show is that Extra Life is back. And Lou, I did not prepare you ahead of time, even though this is in the notes. I saw it. I saw it. Oh, OK. So he's ready. So this year, uh, donate $50 and suggest a zombie film for us to discuss on the podcast. Uh, that is uh, that is sort of our normal approach. Donate. We'll talk about a zombie movie that you suggest. Uh, stipulations being it has to be available for stream, rent, or purchase uh, in North America. Stream or rent, preferable. If you can purchase it, you can rent it. But you know what I mean, uh, folks at home. Uh, So you go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan to donate. Donations are open right up until the end of December. And uh, you can, so you can donate whenever you'd like. But like we've done in previous years, I like to bring it up at the top of the show. And then ask Lou to make a suggestion to the listeners, uh, and he can make it as serious or as you know not serious as he wants, depending on. This is an opportunity when you when you when you donate to this great cause. It's for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, I'm personally playing for Sick Kids Foundation, which is in Toronto, uh, and all of your donation goes to Sick Kids to help kids who uh, are in are in need of care. So. You know, this is an opportunity to get us to cover your favorite zombie film, your least favorite zombie film, your guilty pleasure, your uh, your uh, I want to punish Ryan. I want to punish Lou. I don't know how you could do that, but, you know, I welcome with the the suggestion I'm going to make tonight. It will be punishing me. Okay, perfect. So what Lou, what do you suggest to the listeners at home to uh, donate? We can watch something by Lucio Fulci. Who is not my favorite. So you could what we you could suggest the Beyond or House by the Cemetery, City of the Living Dead, 
Well, we've okay. covered a couple of we've covered a couple of his other movies, but those would be the two that I can think of at the moment. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, sorry, what was the guy's name again? It, it left my brain. Lucio Lucio Fulci. Lucio Fulci. So there you go, folks. If you want to suggest some very old zombie films that are likely easily streaming on Shutter or something like that, go to Shutter, search zombie, find some inspiration there, and. Uh, yeah, let's do some extra life fun. And as soon as you donate, we do have some, you know, we have our schedule sort of planned out through episode 300, but that does not take us through the end of the year. So if you do donate early, we will slot that in. We will watch the movie and we will get your pick sorted. So let's go. So let's go. You want to go? All right. Let's move into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, first up, this one comes courtesy of Discord. Uh, our awesome folks in the Discord will occasionally post news into the general channel, and I will grab that and put it into our show notes. bit.ly slash zamp discord. This first one is Brad Anderson to direct George A. Romero's final Living Dead film. Lou, we have a director, and this project becomes even more real than it did last week. Uh, how do you feel about this? I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my expectations very, very, very low. But I'm glad that we're going to get one last film. That that That's something to something to be excited about i mean it's not something i thought we'd ever get yeah and i'm trying to pull him up on imdb and make sure i don't like say oh he did this and it turns out there's multiple brad anderson's um let's see upcoming okay so this is him so brad anderson he directed an episode of invasion which is that apple tv series um blood never heard of it uh he oh he did uh he did an episode of peacemaker um nothing else is kind of jumping out at me he's done a lot of tv which is which is good tv you know some of these tv shows are uh probably lend well to like making a twilight of the dead or of the dead type film he's more known for being a um for being a writer um i've seen several of his his movies um he did Session Nine, which is a really weird, creepy horror movie from with uh, uh, what's his name from uh, one of the C- uh, one of the uh, David Caruso. CSI show. David Caruso. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's a pretty good movie. Um, he did it. He wrote an episode of The Masters of Horror, and he also yeah. wrote the movie Trans Siberian, which is which is a pretty creepy movie too. Interesting. Okay, I'm not. Oh, it's got Woody Harrelson in that one. I've yep. never heard of this one. 2008. Okay. Yeah, if it's the one I think it is. If it, yeah, I think this is the one I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, he seems like he's he's got a lot of work uh, under his belt. He did The Machinist. Uh, he directed The Machinist, which is that. Uh, um, Christian Bale movie. Thank you. Christian Bale. I lost it there. So, yeah, I mean, this is good news. I. My my biggest worry about a lot of these, hey, we're going to make this project um, based on a treatment that George A. Romero did before he died. Like the worry always becomes like, what are they trying to accomplish there? Are they trying to really produce uh, 
and and pay homage to this franchise and end it properly and and try to give it its its uh its true time in 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 the limelight or are they trying to cash in like i'm 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 not as worried about that anymore like this is i think this is really good news like this seems like a really competent director who's going to be able to take this and run with it and i mean i've always said i would i want another modern of the living dead film to to happen i know like see i i want one but i want it in the right hands and this seems like it might be the right hands yeah, this is promising. Well, I was worried we were going to get because Night of the Living Dead is in in uh, public domain. So there's lots of Night of the Living Dead 3D, Night of the Living Dead this, Night of the Living Dead. And a lot of them are just they're just bad. And they grab somebody that needs money, some actor that that's like a B or C level celebrity that needs money. And then they throw them in a role and it's just it's it's they're always really bad. I've seen a I've seen like two or three of them. Um so I mean it's fine. Sometimes they're entertaining for comedic value, but that's not what I want from them. It sounds like we're going to get something real for for this one. So fingers crossed. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we will continue to take a look at it. Obviously, I I feel like there's not much more they can do uh after this with uh the fact that the writer strike and the actor strike is still going on, but Uh, When we have news, we will certainly share it here. Uh, Next up, we're going to dip into some video games here. The iPhone 15, Apple had an event uh, this week, announced their new iPhones, iPhone 15, alongside the 15 Pros, and Resident Evil made an appearance, and I think this was worth sharing in my mind because uh, Resident Evil 4, the remake, and Resident Evil Village are technically considered current generation games, console games, that are running on modern hardware. Uh, they showed off uh, Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil Village running on the iPhone 15 Pro, and it looked like it looked like what I played on PC and and PlayStation 5, um, which is which is awesome. Cool idea. I'll believe it when I see it in person. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing: we are much closer, I think, now to having games run in, a, in an equivalent manner on mobile devices as well as you know current hardware because you got to take into effect that this is dedicated hardware this is one skew of, of technology that they have to develop for um, you have a smaller screen although mind you it probably needs to be said that those screens may be smaller but they're still technically i think considered 4k like they're they're very high resolution so what we saw running uh, looked really great. I mean, if you try to compare, uh, I think someone had tweeted, I guess the the original Resident Evil 4 was ported to iPhone early days stuff, and it like looked yep. atrocious. Um, yep. But like, you know, playing video games on your phone has come a long way. I don't know if uh, folks at home are familiar with the Backbone, which is, um, it's not the only one of those, but it is a controller that kind of like slides out and you put your phone inside of it. And then it connects through the, uh, I guess in this case, it would be through the USB-C port on the on the bottom. And it is like, it just converts your phone into a switch, essentially. Um, it It's, it is honestly, it's, it's a completely different way of playing. Like, I know a lot of folks struggle with the touchscreen. I do as well with the virtual sort of buttons. But like, I have a backbone for my, for my um, lightning phone. 
uh, and it it is crazy how cool it is. It, it it works like a charm. I will trust you, sir. I am an Android guy. Apple does nothing for me, so. I mean, it works the same way, right? Like, I think uh, the Backbone controller has a has an Android device, but I understand like this is only going to be good for Android phones as well. Like, Capcom as a company isn't sitting here and like let's spend all this money to port Resident Evil Four to uh, to the iPhone 15 Pro. Um, that is not a feasible business case. Uh, they are going to be looking at Android phones as well. I think the struggle with the Android market in this specific story is likely that it will target specific Android phones that are of a high end nature, which are, they do exist. Oh yeah. Uh, I have one. You know, it's just not what most folks are buying, right? Like you have four iPhones to choose from. You have hundreds of Android devices to choose from. And I think that's both a, both a strength and a weakness, right? Um, but we're not going to, we don't have to get into the Apple versus Let's not get Andrews. into Tech Talk. No, not Tech Talk. But this is really interesting. Uh, no word on price. Uh, it will be the full version of the games, but no word on price. That's a critical thing. Um, if it comes out and you grab it, I'll be curious to see what you think or what reviewers say. I, I, yeah. I'm curious. It's anything that, anything that pushes new hardware on uh, things makes me happy. Exactly. Though I find it hard to believe that something that struggles on my Steam Deck is going to run good on the new iPhone. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a valid point. It runs great on my Steam Deck, but man, does my Steam Deck run hot when I play it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's probably going to make the iPhone pretty pretty warm. Uh, and that's where the controller enclosure comes in handy. Uh, I personally i'm not like oh i can't wait to play resident evil 4 again on my phone um and they also talked about a couple other games they announced and it's like i i think it's cool it's worth mentioning but personally um if i'm gonna play resident evil village myself as opposed to i watched it um via stream uh twitch playthrough uh which i never usually do but uh scott johnson was playing and i thought well this will be fun uh I just I don't know I I'm not talking about like I I think it's cool from a tech perspective like from a from a technical standpoint, uh but like yeah I'm not I'm probably not going to play it but I I like you Lou will look forward to reviews because like again I didn't get the sense I think it's easy to look at it and say like oh this is a gimmick, uh that's an easy thing to do I think for me I looked at it and I was like okay if this is actually happening. This is really cool. But when reviews come out and it proves to be, oh, it was just it was just an Apple marketing thing so that they could say gaming in their in their press conference because they're they always do it. They've done it before where they're like, okay, this is the five minutes where we try to prove we're still interested in, you know, attracting gamers to our platform. Um it it to me it hasn't they haven't been able to like really nail that. But I got the sense that like, okay, like now we're talking current gen games here. So let's see. Let's see if this can be done. That's where they lose me. If I'm going to play something on my phone, I don't want it to be current gen. I just want it to be good versions of stuff that's not trying to microtransaction me. That's all. Yes, I agree. And uh, I think for the business model, they said that most of these would be free to try and then you could pay to unlock the rest of it. So essentially, you you get the opportunity to test it, make sure you're comfortable with the controls, then you pay for the uh, for the whole game. So I mean, it's not technically it's a 
in-app purchase, but not a microtransaction. You're probably spending the, gosh, I'm assuming probably 60 bucks. Like this is going to be yeah, full this price. Is, this, this is going to be full price. I have yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Let's let's jump around here a little bit. Continuing with the Resident Evil uh, video game news. Uh, it's kind of been a busy week for Capcom and Resident Evil because uh, just today during the PlayStation State of Play, uh, Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways DLCs uh, has been announced starring Ada Wong. And that is out next week, September 21st. Yeah, we knew we kind of knew this was going to was coming. We just didn't know it was going to be this soon. But it makes it makes sense that it's coming this soon Um, because Halloween's upon us. We're only, what, six weeks from Halloween. We're going to see we're going to see a lot of zombie and horror content in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to get pretty busy. Um, I was just trying to look up like, okay, so separate ways was um it was DLC for the original game, and it, the fact that they're putting it on this—that's fine. That's great, and it's it's and it's and it's priced right as far as I'm concerned. It's ten bucks. That's that's about what I'd be willing to spend on it. Yep. So it'll launch at ten dollars. It's on all platforms, even though it was part of the PlayStation uh, presentation. Um, it's going to be available on all platforms where Resident Evil Four was sold. And, uh, yeah, it it is, uh, so separate ways was a piece of content that released, um, at the beginning when, when Resident Evil 4, I I have my understanding, it was like Resident Evil 4 was exclusive to the GameCube. And when it came to PlayStation 2, they added in this extra content. Yeah. Right. So, and then from then on, it was sort of always included and people were wondering like, well, they're going to remake, you know, the DLC as well. And, uh, now we have that honestly i think ten dollars is like a very reasonable price for capcom for capcom it's very reasonable a lot of the dlc tends to feel about five to ten bucks more expensive than this and it doesn't usually feel worth it that's why i usually wait for it to go on sale this i probably this i definitely won't be waiting for sale yeah and speaking of that uh we talked pre-show we kind of moved our schedule around a little bit and we're going to talk about separate ways dlc uh next episode so daryl dixon's gonna have to wait just a little bit but that's okay because he's um i think he's enjoying his time in france i've heard good things about uh about that season so far i haven't checked it out yet um they also announced that the mercenaries mode was going to be getting ada and wesker in a free update same day september 21st are you interested in trying out those new uh heroes and mercenaries Yes. Um, I'll play them. Um, if they don't unlock me anything, then I probably won't play them very long. Um, I played in and I played mercenary mode just long enough to unlock all the, the bonuses you get from beating it. And then I stopped playing it. Ah, OK. I'm, I'm not a high score person and my scores were never going to get to the top of the crazy people that were maxing out the high scores. I was like, yep, now this max high scores. I'm not going to bother trying. Yeah, I I played it to try it. I and I think I will check out these new heroes, uh, especially, you know, especially Ada Wong in the sense that, like, I'll play the campaign. I'll kind of understand her character and how she works. And then that'll be a great way to just jump into to mercenaries. Yep. Um, I, I played it long enough to unlock the infinite magnum and then I was done. Cool. <laughs> uh well, something you and I probably won't be doing anytime soon is buying a PSVR 2. They also showed nope. off uh, that mode again. 
it is still coming as a free update to Resident Evil 4 on PlayStation 5, uh, and that'll be in the winter. So if you have um, all of that, you can look forward to playing that on your PSVR 2. And uh, one more news story here. Our first look at the final episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. This little snippet premiered uh, when Daryl Dixon uh, kicked off his season. And we get our first um, our first look at Troy returning. Uh, he is not happy. Confirmed. He is the bad mm-hmm. guy. And uh, he is um, just, he is out for revenge. I guess like that's how we're ending this. It's just, he's really angry. Yeah. I mean, uh, in in all honesty, I'm just glad it's coming to an end. Yeah. Now me, me too. I I think it's always, it's, it's uh, look, I'm trying not to be, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it, it honestly, I think this will be a cleaner end an easier end than it was for the walking dead prime because the walking dead prime was like, we could keep going, but we're just going to end it, uh, which I respect. And it, and it lines up with the comics really well, uh, in a way. But I think like with fear, it's like, they've always had these like, you know, big bombastic bad guys. And Troy is, is really cool, but it kind of feels a little deflating to like, okay, we brought him back. He's just angry. He wants to take revenge out on Madison and, and crew, I guess I get I, I I get the sense that he's really upset with Madison, and, and that checks out in, in with his character and how and his relationship with Madison. But I think like everybody else, he'd be angry with is is dead, dead like Nick and Allison, not Allison. Um, what's the girl's name? The the sister. It's not Allison. Uh, uh for, Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. So he's uh. I mean, he's, he's he, he, look, he's upset. He's bringing uh, an army of the dead with him. And uh, it looks like we're going to have there's going to be like opportunity for our characters to have conversations about this conflict. Um, it was just a 30 second teaser, just just a taste. It, it, it made me glad that we're, the, the last time jump in that show is kind of the thing that did me in. Um, that show always seems to do huge time jumps and. It's fine, and now Morgan. It, it looks like Morgan won't be in the rest of this season. It's going to be the Madison show, and to me, that means okay. Let's wrap this up so that I never have to deal with this again. <laughs> and I, and I don't say that, and I don't say that in a bad way. I'm just saying I think this 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 show is, has is this will be its last story to tell. Yes, yeah, I agree with you there. It doesn't have any more. It doesn't have any more left in the in the chamber. Yeah. I like they the the characters that have left the show either through the actors saying we're we're good, we're done, we want to move on, try new things. Uh the only character that they needed to kind of like jettison back out of the show was Morgan and his his daughter. Um and that makes sense. Like, you know, if he has more if there's more story to be told around Morgan and Mo, get them out of there. And now you have an opportunity, as you said, Lou, to to truly end the show. You don't have to kill everybody off, but like you can truly wrap up the show and um, those characters can just continue to exist in the background. Maybe they come back, you know, they they pop up, but like we're not going to end like when The Walking Dead ended, we were like, okay, but we're going to see most of these folks again. 
because they're still core characters and they're very important to the Walking Dead universe. And we already know there's like six spinoffs. But with Fear the Walking Dead, I think like the only character that we felt like they were going to come back to was Morgan and, and they, they took him out of there. So like, I think everything else is done, quote unquote, with fear after this. Yeah, I, I mean, if they keep making Walking Dead stuff, do I think we might get a, a, a Madison cameo or one of the other characters like Daniel get a cameo or something? Maybe, maybe. But I don't think that this this is going to be. Uh, this is this is them being like, all right, we're done. Yeah, I agree. And that's a good thing. I, I mean, I'm not. Oh, I'm no, not, it's, a, it's yeah. an absolute good thing. They cannot keep these trains running. No, no. It's time for it's time for Walking Dead shows to start coming to an end. Yeah. So that somebody else can do something new. Yeah. uh, I don't like here's the thing. I mean, Walking Dead is a core part of the show. I think Walking Dead goes away. This show doesn't go away. But I'll say this. I do appreciate that Walking Dead continues as long as they're finding new ways. Stories to tell. Yeah, and new stories, even if it's existing characters, I think, you know, Dead City was really interesting. Uh, it was it was old characters renewed. Uh, Daryl Dixon, I hear the same thing. It's an old character renewed. Uh, I would still love to see, like, tr- try once more to, like, do a series with just original characters. Um. Tales from the Walking Dead was really, really, really interesting. It was my favorite thing from the Walking Dead, I think, in, in a, a while. while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved I every that. episode of it except the last one. Yeah, what was that the last, last one? one? Which The last one was the ghost story one with the old yeah. lady in the house that they kill. And it, that one just felt like it was either poorly edited or it just the whole time it felt like there was something off in that one. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't necessarily like like the whisperer prequel one it was okay but like it was okay but we didn't need it it was a good experiment but like it, was, it, it was a good experiment i hope they do more of those yeah 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 like i i have enjoyed like the what happened to them earlier in in the uh like the negan stuff like that's been and that was done really well like in dead city yep. like the one scene that sort of like took us back to before alexandria um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I want to see AMC get more creative. And I think once the Rick show, as much as I'm looking forward to the Rick and Michonne show, I think once that one wraps up, they will either have to wind it down or find new stories with new characters to tell. So, um, we'll see how that goes. But until then we've got movies to talk about. We have a movie, uh, to talk about tonight. Um, Hey, Resident Evil, Death Island, let's get into it. How'd I do, Lou? Did that sound to that line up pretty good? It lined up pretty good. Awesome. Thank I'll you. I'll take it. <laughs> it's the best I could do because they didn't do it in the movie. And I'm like, 
they don't do it anymore. They have like the sound drop and all the games, but they don't do yep, the. But they don't do. They don't do it anymore. Ah, I should have clipped it out and tried to like line it up, but I figured, hey, I'd try to. Anyways, folks at home, we're going to talk about Resident Evil Death Island. A T virus outbreak in San Francisco leads to Alcatraz Island, where a new evil has taken residence. Ooh, spooky. Uh, this is a direct-to-video uh, on-demand slash DVD that came out uh, in July. Um, it is a computer-animated film. Uh, we're no stranger to the Resident Evil ventures into the, um, you know, hour-and-a-half movies. We watched a Netflix series, which was a movie-ish, I think. Yeah, it um, was. it's considered a show, but it was originally meant to be a movie they get cut into six episodes. Yes. Yeah. So we've done this before. Uh, folks at home can kind of like expect uh, our thoughts on this one, I think. But I I got to say, Lou, off the top of the show, I want to or this discussion, I should say, I enjoyed this. It felt very look, it was campy, but it was like it was very action. It was very action oriented, very, uh, you know, set pieces and combat and just like they they did a great job of sort of like capturing the resident evil games it's a 90 minute cutscene. that's exactly what it is this is exactly this this feels uh, i think what was it i said to you this feels like they had an idea for a game but it actually make a game so they said what if we just throw these ideas into a cut a bunch of cutscenes and make a movie and that's what this feels like. I mean, and that's kind of what all of these animated movies have felt like. But this one in particular feels like this was this was a game idea that they knew they couldn't actually do. So they went, eh, we'll make a movie. Yeah, there's not enough here for a game, you know. And I, I think when we talked about Infinite Darkness, the, the Netflix miniseries, I think we said we liked it, but there were there was a lot of rough edges. There were some ports, points in it where we I think we discussed where it was like, it was okay, but ooh, it could have been shorter. Yeah. It could have been shorter. Um, this movie does not outstay its welcome. It, when this movie ends in 90 minutes, you're like, wow, did they cram a lot of stuff into 90 minutes? Yes. Yeah. And it's it's very action, as I said, very action oriented. There's a focus on the action in a way that like the combat and the set pieces would not necessarily work for a game. The story is very simple. In the oh, sense very that, simple. Yeah, there's another Umbrella bad guy who they set up in the film. Uh, he's not connected at all to the video games, but they set him up in the film. He's like a, a soldier that was there on uh, in Raccoon City, or uh, I assume. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's an Umbrella soldier that's stationed on the bridge while people are trying to leave Raccoon City, and him and his men are ordered to shoot anybody trying to leave the city that is not an Umbrella executive. Yeah, so and he then it cuts to, and back. then it cuts to what seems like hours later, and him and a dude are trapped in a room with people turning zombie, and they don't know that people are turning zombie, and then they're ordered to kill people, so they start killing people, and then he ends up being the lone guy left and beats his beats his buddy to death, and this is his payback. Yeah, he wants to. He essentially, I think, he's like, well. In the primordial days of like dinosaurs, there was no good or evil. There just was. And he's like, I want to reset the world. And, yeah. Yeah. He essentially wants to uh, look. It's not going to surprise you, but like they want to unleash a virus that turns people into monsters. Where have I heard that before? Like the plot is not 
the, the the plot is every Resident Evil game that you've ever played, pretty much. Exactly. The one thing I will say that after playing this made it, it made me want to after watching it. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I did the same thing. <laughs> I, I, it made me want to go back and play uh, a couple of the older games. Um, yeah. The what was the what were the two uh, what were the two ones that y- you've been quoting for years? Uh, Resident Evil something to oh something. yeah, Resident Evil. Sorry, Resident Evil uh, Revelations two episode one penal quality. Yeah. And I agree with you. I actually thought to myself like all these movies uh, for Resident Evil remind me so much of the Resident Evil Revelations games because those games. Yeah were very core to the original Resident Evils. Like, because we got the remakes, our brains kind of focus on those remakes, which are modern takes on what were otherwise very campy... Goofy. Goofy, yeah, uh, Resident Evil games. Uh, RE6 is probably, like, where the last one, where they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It, like i i agree i kind of and resident evil revelations 2 episode 1 penal quality that one is available uh, on steam it's still playable it probably run great on steam deck uh i i was tempted as well i have both both of the revelation games on steam so i i have a funny feeling i'm installing those and playing some of those well, you know what? If we need more Resident Evil 4 or sorry, Resident Evil video game content to talk about next episode, i honestly would not I would be tempted to to jump back in. Um, the so these are all considered canon. Like all of these movies are considered canon within the Resident Evil timeline. I think that's the thing I really like about these animated movies is even the bad ones are considered canon according <laughs> to Capcom, and that's awesome. I, I they even I think there's one of the games where they actually make reference to something from one of these movies, and I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh so this one's set in 2015, which is between RE6 and RE7. So in all of these movies and such, they have not touched uh RE7, which is like in my mind where I consider like the split between the franchise where we have modern take on Resident Evil and like the campy goofy stuff from RE6 and, and before. And as I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, are they going to like talk about the whole thing with Jill that happened in RE5 and uh, maybe parts of 6 where she was evil? I think it might just be 5 where she's evil. And they do touch on that. They talk yeah. about how um, she was being mind controlled by Wesker and they, they touch on it. And uh, I think like it's it's interesting because like it leads into the, the reason I really like these the movies and TV shows is because like they kind of bring everybody together in a sense that of course, all these characters that have been through all these like maddening experiences are going to connect. Like, Oh yeah. It's, it's my favorite part. The the fact that they literally walk into a room and it's like, Oh, Hey man, man. Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, you're doing it. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the fact that they're just like casual, like I can't take it on umbrella guys. You're like, yep. All right, I'm sold. So you're you're specifically referencing this. Hey, Jill, Chris, hi, Claire. It's just you know another day at the office. Oh, what are we cleaning up this time? Oh, umbrella. Ah, oh, you know, and it's um the games obviously 
they focus in on one or two main characters and uh re6 is a great example of where they focused in on everyone and there's probably a good reason why it's considered the worst of the bunch but in these movies and tv shows they don't um they don't ignore the fact that of course these characters are going to interact in between their experiences and of course they all know each other they all work together and that was my favorite part uh but they also like they also touch on the fact that like there are some of these characters who ran into each other at the very beginning of their experiences but haven't seen each other since uh that initial moment and like we got that with uh with leon and jill in this moment leon well what do you know jill valentine how's it going like you got the sense that they hadn't seen each other in quite a while when they first uh yeah came across it while they were fighting each other essentially for a little bit there uh and then they're like okay when's that classic uh moment oh hey yeah oh yeah i know you of course so there's a lot of that going on but like there was we saw in the trailer like okay we're bringing all these characters together but they didn't do in a way that was like accidentally them coming together it was it was it was organic like they all kind of i think that that's the thing i like the most about this is i was worried it was gonna all feel forced yeah and nothing about it felt forced exactly it all made sense like i think it could be i was kind of thinking like what other characters could they bring in there and it's like well what if barry showed what if he was uh you know flying the helicopter at the end that would feel forced as a cameo like they didn't um they didn't go uh they didn't go that route which i kind of applaud them for like to have that restraint you know Um, they didn't, uh, so if folks at home were wondering like, oh, are they going to address why these characters, some of these characters have an age like Jill, Rebecca, uh, well, Jill and Rebecca and, uh, and, and, uh, why am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm missing someone in that list. Uh, no, I'm not. I think that's it. So Jill and Rebecca, like they haven't, they haven't aged. They don't touch on that in, in the movie, but I know like pre- release they were talking about oh they're infected with the t virus so they age slower but like yeah rebecca not rebecca but um uh no not claire thank you that's the third name claire she aged because she was she was older in resident evil revelations too yeah so i don't know what they're i don't know what they're doing here i i wonder if they're just like okay like we need to have these characters when in the moment that the that folks at home remember them best you know, because yeah. like when I think Jill Valentine, I think I mean, literally Jill is wearing the outfit that she's known for wearing in just about every game. Yeah. Well, Resident Evil three for sure. Yeah. I was like, all right, really? Like, you're not going to change her up. OK, I guess that's fine. <laughs> I love her vacation disguise is like a long coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Chris runs around with like a Hawaiian shirt, which I was like, perfect. Uh, yeah put that in as deal i'm sure it is dlc or an unlockable costume i'm sure it is um but again this doesn't outstay its welcome it 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 starts with an action scene uh then there's like 10 minutes of like plot and then it cuts to another action scene about five more minutes of plot and then it's action scene action scene action scene action scene action scene two minutes of plot action scene action scene action scene and then it's over and you're like, oh, this is literally like watching a 90 minute action cutscene. I was a okay with yeah. all of it. 
Some of it doesn't make sense. Some of it's really cheesy. Some of the dialogue is corny as hell. But you know what? I, I, I was sitting here chewing on popcorn and watching it and going, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I'm sure there will be more. I, I feel like this is a great sort of like sit back, you know, enjoy your favorite characters. I think like this movie proves that, let's be honest, Chris is probably the worst of the bunch. Like he's he's the least oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> no offense, Chris. I, I remember having a conversation with a friend. God, it has to be 20 years ago. Uh-huh. It was when the original Resident Evil remake came out. And I made a comment about like, I think they should develop Chris's character more. And his answer, his response to me was, no, he's dead. Just, just deal with it. He has no personality. He is there just to be a meathead. And I was like, you know what? Having seen all of this stuff, that's really just kind of all he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he has his moments in this film, but I think like he is probably the most held back. Uh, but yeah, Leon, uh, Claire, even Rebecca has her moments, you know. This, this ended and my exact thoughts were, gee, they need to remake another game. Yeah. Do you feel like they do five next and maybe we do get a little? I mean, like if they do five. And they bring Chris to, I assume, closer to what he is in seven and eight. Th- they aren't helping him very much because he he is just kind of like, a, you know, the a meathead. the rumors I have heard is that they are thinking about doing five, but that there is a code Veronica in the works. Yeah, that's the rumor I've heard. Um, I would love that because I never played it. And uh I hear it needs honestly, to remake. Honestly, the most. honestly, it's the it, it's the most video game game of all of them. Like literally, you're just like, yep, I'm just along for this ride. It is super video gamey, but I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, well, I yep. I'd be I'd be cool with that. I honestly, a video gamey Resident Evil game sounds sounds it, awesome. In all honesty, it feels it feels like this movie. That's how re- that's how uh, Code Veronica sounds. Interesting. Okay. It all takes place on an island, if I remember right. Uh, yes, I heard that. It uh, yeah, kind of funny. It yeah. all takes place on. It all takes place on an island, and you're Claire and this other guy, and then all of a sudden, probably I think it's two thirds of the way through the game, Claire and this guy end up in a bad situation, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to you as Chris Redfield, and then you play like a third of the game as Chris Redfield and then wrap it up again. And it, 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 the way they do it, you're just like, I can't believe this works. Huh? Yeah. Code Veronica. I want to, I want to figure out who the guy is. I want to, f- he looks like an Allen, but he's not, he's, um, what's he's his not name? a Billy. We've had Billy's is Billy is zero. His yeah. name is like Eddie. Is his uh, name Claire Eddie? Redfield. She's looking for her brother, Steve. It's Steve. Steve teaming up with I, Steve I, Burnside. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was something like Steve or Eddie. I, I just remember because I played when I played it back in the day. I remember being like, couldn't they give him something interesting? Why am I working with Steve? It's Steve. Um, uh, re- so it's a, a research. It's a research facility in Antarctica is where they yeah. are. So that's a cool setting. Yeah. That's a really cool setting. Yep. Um. It's weird though that they they could also go pre uh pre two and do like RE one RE zero, but I I feel like they've kind of left those alone. Only only Capcom knows why they've left so, those alone, but they've left those alone because they've already remade one but one of them. Yes, that's true. 
in the GameCube days. And and it yeah. holds up for the most part, I, I feel like. The, the the version that we've played that's on Steam and on modern consoles, it's up-resed. They, they, they've done, they've, it's the same game, but they've done stuff to make it look prettier. True. That's true. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I really like Resident Evil and I like their new approach of having like, you know, one year we'll do a new mainline, one year we'll do a remake. I feel like we'll probably get one more remake before we get a mainline. They're probably, you know, those, the remakes are probably, I don't want to say easier to make, but. I think we're going to get one more remake and then a mainline. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But it's either going to be five or Code Veronica. Um, I think they're afraid to touch six. Yeah, I think six would be really. Look, we can all agree that six, six is, likely needs to be revisited. Six, but is, I... six is so bad. I think they don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Six, they might just want to leave alone and just. Uh... It comes from a weird era where everybody was trying to make a gears of war ripoff and capcom just didn't do it right no that would be a fun one to revisit just out of sheer curiosity but uh uh uh, i've played it i've never finished it um it's broken into chapters so that you have to pick which chapter you want to play as and only two or three of the chapters are actually decently playable the leon chapter is pretty good and i think it's there's an Ada chapter, I think, that's pretty good. Um, but the Chris, and then there's another guy, and I think there's a girl. I think there's five chapters total. The other three chapters are just, like, almost unplayable. Yeah, and I don't even think Jill was in that one. No, she's not, if I remember right. So 2012, uh, it's... Uh, you've got Leon, as you said, Chris, Merc- Mercenary, uh, Jake Muller. Ada Wong. Yeah, he's um Wesker. He's Wesker's son, or something oh, yeah, like that. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, Helena Harper. You've got Sherry Birkin. So yeah, you play as Sherry up. Birkin, but that's who. Yeah. It's uh yeah yeah son of late bioterrorist. That's Jake Buller. Yep. Anyways, we don't want to go down that route. <laughs> we no, don't want to go down. No, we, um, we'll be here all night. Let's let's pull it up here with uh with some clips. So um as we stated. This takes place on Alcatraz, and I couldn't help but uh, clip this. I gotta say, uh, this bed sucks! <laughs> hey, it's your boy Zach here, and today I'm checking out Alcatraz! Ah, help me! If it makes you feel better at home, folks, um, the <laughs> in this moment, this is where they're introduced to coming to Alcatraz to try to figure out what's going on. And there's this influencer guy who's filming like a really obnoxious uh, YouTube video or whatever in one of the cells. Um, like no one survives those moments. Like everybody, everybody dies. Yeah, everybody dies. Yeah. Everybody dies. Yeah, it's uh, like they had to take that opportunity to just like, OK, let's let's have someone super obnoxious here do like one of these uh, one of these YouTube skits. Um. And then, like, I think the rest of my clips, for the most part, are just the characters saying funny things. So we'll like we can like rip through these. But uh, this one, oh, this is right after Jill and Leon meet, and they're they're facing off against. I mean, if we want to talk about these monsters, these like updated liquors that are like the liquors. 
have gills like they're they can swim now which i thought yeah. was like super cool and they looked great uh but it led to uh this moment as they were fighting them how many of these are there i ain't stopping to count <laughs> no oh, kidding he is so funny he he has the best lines in the film i think leon's like the best written he's the funniest character he's he's probably the most um i would say probably the most skilled in terms of like you know taking out like they're all very capable uh of of killing monsters don't get me wrong um but he seems to he seems to be the most well-rounded uh oh man and that scene at the beginning with the motorcycle chase like that was so cool uh such a great action set piece that one I, I didn't know where it was going, and I kept trying to figure out who the chick in the, the suit was that was trying to kill Leon. And I was like, don't tell me it's Jill. And then, like, 30 seconds later, we get introduced to being Jill with Jill with uh, 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 with uh, Chris, Chris. And yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, that's cool. That's not Jill. So who the hell is that? And then <laughs> then when it gets revealed who it is, I was like, oh, yeah, I think she's from what? from one of the other movies or her dad is from one of the other movies and it's one of the more forgettable digital movies. So I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. We were talking pre-show. I also didn't know. So her name's Maria and they're like, am I supposed to, I'm like, am I supposed to know who this character is? Like they keep referencing her father, Uh, essentially like she is recruited by the bad guy because she wants revenge for her father being killed by Leon and Chris. Uh, in a previous movie, and it turns out it was a previous movie. It was uh, Resident Evil Vendetta from 2017. Um, so it was a sort of a continuation of of that. But it's it's also like kind of um, it, it it's it's a bit of like okay, it's a connection to the other films, but it's like I don't know. That felt kind of silly. Like if we talk about like the cameos of like connections and stuff, that one was probably the. The weakest, but um, it did lead to this really fun moment. I will make you pay for killing my father. Yeah, well, your dad was kind of a dick. <laughs> ah, so there you go. Uh, I don't like. I don't understand the context, but I, I mean, I trust Leon. I, I, if he says he was a dick, he probably was a dick. Yeah. Uh, here's another one of Leon and Jill uh, trying to escape. Come on. It'll be like we're breaking out of prison. It'll be fun. Yeah. Famous last words. Never say that when you're trying to uh, survive. It'll be fun. It's like, no, it won't, won't be fun. No. Even Jill's like, this is probably just going to lead us further into this maze. And I'm like, no, it'll be fun. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, here's the moment where, uh, again, Leon can't help himself. This is June Valentine and Leon S. Kennedy. Well... If it isn't, whoever you are. <laughs> he just, he sees a moment that he takes it and I cannot blame him. I, I appreciate that like approach to diffusing the situation. The first time I saw it, watched when I watched that scene and he started to open his mouth. I'm like, please don't tell me he knows who this is. Yeah. Please tell me. And it, then he goes, Ugh. I was like, Oh, this is the most Leon thing that we they could have added to this movie. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like if he had no, known who he was, I would be like, oh, come on. Like, we don't need everybody to know everyone. I kind of appreciated 
that the the bad guy was sort of like introduced and killed off in this film. Like he didn't exist previously. He he exists because of what happened in the universe previously, but he's he's not like oh I thought oh he's he's a a clone of Wesker. Like I I was seriously worried. Like okay, this is post Wesker passing away in RE five. Maybe this is like a clone of Wesker. He kind of like you know you could probably make that leap but i'm glad they don't go that approach it's just like no it's just um a guy who's messed up from an experience and he wants to take revenge on the world that's fine like it's not like plot heavy but it works uh yeah yeah. i i I will say my favorite thing is when the people in the prisons that are turning into zombies at random yeah i was like something weird's going on here i'm like please don't tell me it's something in the water like give me something good and then they show that it's like mosquito bugs that are like homing in on people. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This yeah. is so stupid. It's awesome. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Because at first I was like, it better not be like selective poison gas or nanobots. It's like, no, they've infected mosquitoes and trained them to bite specific They're like people. digital mosquitoes or something or like they're yeah. like homing beacons. I was like, I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. This is it's fine. It's stupid. But it would not work in a video game, but it works fine in, in a movie. And um, that, that, just... that was what that was. That was my thought. It's that this was an idea they had for a game and they realized that it was it would never work as a game. And they just went, nope, we'll make a movie yeah. instead. And like in the movies, a lot of those moments, you have to shake your head and be like, you have to forget it happened because like you have to just like assume like they effectively destroyed all the research. Nothing exists and it can't be done again. It just existed in this hour and a half film. Uh, yeah. so yeah. Um, and again, like Leon hits keep coming, he's dying and he still manages to eat this one out. Yeah, well, it's living. There's a, there's a whole moment where the bad guy is giving this monologue and talking about each character. And I had the whole thing clipped and I was like, oh, maybe I find a way to play this all. Cause it kind of like, it talks to, it, it actually is, it, it's an interesting moment where the bad guy is kind of like tearing down each person of like you know specifically leon like you 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 keep doing this stuff you're burned out and the reason you have to keep doing this is because like you take out one bad guy and the bad guy just creates another bad guy you know like yep jill is uh i think jill was the one who was probably the weakest of them all in terms of his monologue but i think um when he's talking about chris it's like well chris you just fight wars and like you know you you don't do anything to stop them. You just, you just fight, fight, fight. Like it was a, he he says, and he goes, and you seem to be the only one that ever comes out alive. Doesn't that get old? And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He kind of takes his moments to, to tear apart our heroes. Um, and then we kind of get into the final, uh, fight here. So, uh, there's this line that was in the trailer, but, um, honestly, like they didn't include a lot of these one liners in the trailer, but there was this one. I hope this works. Definitely going on vacation after this. So you'll probably remember that when we played the trailer um, earlier this summer. Uh, There's this one great line from Chris that I got. That thing doesn't want to die. He's a tough cookie, all right. Oh, actually, it was a it was a good line from Jill. But but Chris helped. He set he set her up. He set her up. Uh, And then uh, Leon wraps it up. And that's that. So there you go. We'll have that forever and ever. So I have one gripe when they're fighting that thing at the end of the movie. 
Okay. The, the, he, the guy turns into this giant, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it's just a blob. It's, just like with... a, it's like a giant sea monster blob And his thing. skull gets bigger? Like his skull becomes like the size of the room for some reason? Whatever. It was. I won't lie. It was cool looking, but I was yeah. like, whatever. I don't care. I'm along for this ride. Resident Evil monsters are always freaking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I'm like, they keep shooting it, and they keep shooting it in the chest. And I'm like... Why are they not shooting him in the face? Like, oh. like she gets Jill gets that super cool railgun and shoots it. And yes. where did she shoot it in the chest? I'm like, you know, if she just shot him in the face, this would be all over. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't actually connect that, but you're right. Like, um, and that gun that Jill uses is like straight out of RE3 remake. That I uh, like, it's. It is exactly the yeah, same. Isn't that the same gun that they use at the end of that game to kill Nemesis? Yeah, I think so. It looks super familiar. And again, like it just it brought back memories of playing RE, RE3. Um, yeah, that that final fight, like so basically the bad guy, he's uh, his whole plan was to infect himself. And then he merges with like the giant shark that was swimming around Alcatraz, the giant shark monster. And he becomes this big monster. There is a discrepancy in this movie. Oh, uh, is there? You found one. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The big one. Claire says Claire finds the 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 whale washed up on the shore. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's talking about how big those bites are. And when you see those bites, they are huge. When you see that shark for the first time, you're like, it's like maybe slightly bigger than a regular shark. I think Jaws was bigger than this thing. What do you mean that the bites were bigger than a regular shark? This seems stupid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a big, it was a big monster. It seemed to grow over the course of the film a little bit. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, if you like, if you like any of these digital movies, the, the, you have to watch this. It, this is probably my favorite of them. Yeah. It's really good. And if you liked uh, this uh, winner of a line. Hey, Jill, Chris. Hi, Claire. There's also uh, this one at the end of the film. We did it. Is it dead? (sighs) Super dead. (laughs) I even included the uh, audible high five there at the end in case you didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's... um, there's some bad in terms of like some of the lines and the delivery and stuff. And, and again, like Rebecca and Claire and Jill and Leon and Chris, like they all have their moments to shine, but there's also like some, some weirdness. Cause you have like these five epic characters in the final fight and the, the final boss like doesn't kind of do anything. He just kind of like wanders around the room a little bit. Uh, Every time he focuses on one of them, one of the other ones shoots him with a rocket launcher or a machine gun and he gets distracted. And you're like, so much for being a big bad. You're getting distracted like like by everything. What are you, Godzilla? Oh, wait, that's kind of what this is. Yeah. And it's uh, so it kind of leaves some of the characters on the sidelines for these awkward moments, like where Rebecca and Claire kind of run off at the end to uh try to take control of the drones to stop the drone because essentially what they're doing is he's going to release all the drones and and have those drones go off and basically take over the world infect everybody so like they play a really critical part there but in terms of their dialogue at the end of the film it's like it's not as strong as like all the one-liners that our other characters have as they're like shooting rockets and then like putting 
two. So if you thought one bazooka was good enough, what happens when you connect two bazookas and take two people to fire it? That's a weapon, I guess. I didn't realize that. So at least it's a weapon in this. And um, uh, Lou, this I didn't prepare you for this, but like uh, I have one more clip and I'm going to do my darndest to make this line up. But uh, enjoy. What the hell is that? Dylan used the virus to fuse with a bioweapon. Looks like we're dealing with this first. Avengers! Let's do it. Yeah. Assemble. (laughs) That was pretty much what we got. Okay, yeah. There's a moment like right before the boss fight where there is the uh, the Avengers moment where they're all there. I thought it was look, it's super cheesy. Don't get me wrong. It's very cheesy, but it works in the context of this film where all five of our characters are all there on the you saw in the trailer, they're all standing there on the on the catwalk type thing and and uh the monsters attacking them and it's all slow motion. They're firing and like ah, man. It was very cool. It was very cool. So, uh I had to try to line those clips up and and uh, it works. They they like really did kind of use that, uh, you know, Avengers assemble portal scene. Even the music, it kind of <laughs> lines up really well. So, yeah, Lou, that's uh, that's Resident Evil Death Island. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I liked it enough that not anytime soon but i guarantee there's gonna be an afternoon where i'm bored i'm gonna be like you know what i'm gonna watch dead death island again yeah yeah it was good it was a lot of fun so folks at home uh really check it out it's really good and uh yeah and that's that all right coming up on zamp uh first off apologies to daryl dixon but we're going to be bumping your european adventure to chat about the separate ways dlc for resident evil 4 we talked about that earlier in the show so we'll be talking about that and uh, maybe lou and i'll uh, you know go back to resident evil revelations 2 episode 1 uh penal colony so there you go um maybe maybe, maybe. Uh, but we're definitely going to play Separate Ways DLC, which is launching uh, next week. So we'll have an episode in a couple weeks for you on that. And then we'll return to The Walking Dead for the entire first season of Daryl Dixon. Might have to wait like an extra week for that episode. I think that's how it all lines up. But uh, we'll definitely have it so we can talk about the entire season. And then after that, Lou, we have episode 300. So we should probably I know. think of something fun to do yeah we're so, gonna have to think of something i lie we also we are we actually have something fun but i want it to be a surprise and i want to make sure it works so <laughs> i gotta do that first so stay tuned for all of that fun stuff uh jump into our discord while you're waiting for a new episode you can chat with zombie fans there bit.ly slash zamp discord i want to thank our patrons patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast you can visit us on the web, zombiesatemypodcast.com, for show updates and uh, all our previous episodes. Send us an email. We may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. Find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the busy zombie lord himself. Take it away, Lou. 
Leon really needed that infinite magnum for the end of this movie. And that's that. 